0: I resisted with my left hand and, I, and I, I looked down and I felt my arm come up and get free. And I looked down and saw that the body had just ripped the strap. <gasps> and that's when it hit me that what I was watching- Was you? Was me.
1: <gasps> and,
0: oh my and when that happened, just like fear, negative thoughts came in. Like you idiot, you've been dead this whole time. You didn't even know. It felt like all these dark forces actually started to come and smother me. Wow. And as they were getting closer and closer and I felt like my light, my who I was, was going to be put out, uh-huh. as it was happening, I felt this warmth all of a sudden start on my back.
1: Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. My guest today was born in Texas and raised in California and Utah. As an adult, he has lived in Asia and traveled the world, including he has lived in 30 states of the United States, which is crazy. He used to work in TV, including on the staff of Touched by an Angel. He was also a production assistant to several a Name movies. He's happily married and has been for 18 years and has two crazy but amazing kids. I'm pleased to present Vinnie Todd. Vinnie, are you ready to share your story of hope?
0: I guess so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Vinnie and I are at an author's retreat together and I figured I'd just snag him while we were here and chat for a little bit, which is awesome. But I have to ask you a little bit about these 30 states that you've lived in. Oh, my yeah, word. Seriously. Over, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell me a little bit about that.
0: I have some favorites amongst them, for Please sure. do
1: tell me. Which so, are your favorites? Uh,
0: no, I never got to work in Hawaii, but I got to go stay there for a couple weeks when I was younger, and, and I did love Hawaii. Did that you? really awesome. <laughs> it's a special spot in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I also did love... Um, uh texas a couple places in texas and of course i was born there so i gotta love texas but,
1: yes you got but, it but
0: uh um in northern california i worked in ventura for quite a while and if it wasn't for the traffic i would love that so much it was Do you so know i lived there. in
1: ventura for I a while did? yeah in ventura well, county awesome. yeah i had two kids born there so <laughs> hey we have something else in common this is great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i worked in malibu and and it was a short little jaunt, maybe, yeah. maybe eight miles, but it would take almost an hour. Every oh, day. So, at
1: least. Depending upon traffic, depending on as traffic, they say yeah. in California, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I have, I have a lot of favorite states. So amongst them, I have a lot of favorites.
1: That is awesome. So today, I am so excited to interview Vinny. He's been on my list of people to interview since I started the podcast, ironically. <laughs> I'm finally getting around to it now. And the reason is because Vinny had a near-death experience, well... You died. Mm -hmm. You've actually died twice.
0: Twice, yeah.
1: (laughs) So he's going to talk to us a little bit today about that experience and the things that he learned that I think would be very interesting to all of us since we always wonder, well, what happens after death? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So why don't you take us to this second experience when you died? You were in your 20s, right?
0: Yes, I was 25 when I died. Yeah,
1: Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about that story and then the experience you had?
0: So um, I was taking a, um, a really popular weightlifting supplement at the time, and it was so popular you couldn't get it at any of the local stores anymore. Oh. So we went online to buy it, and one of the only places that had it in stock online was a place out of Thailand. And what we didn't realize is the, the supply that was being shipped overseas from them was 100% pure solution, whereas what we were buying in the States was a 5% watered-down solution. So oh. – um, we got it. We got really excited. We wanted to go work out and took our normal little bottle cap full. And instantly, me and my buddy both felt really sick. And and we figured, well, let's go eat something and we'll, we'll probably feel better. So yeah. we went a couple blocks down the road from where he lived and there was a, a fast food place. We, we went in and I went straight to the bathroom and, and it was one of those single-use restrooms. So I locked the door and uh, the room started getting really dizzy and then blacked out and uh, meanwhile my buddy went in the restaurant and and collapsed on one of the booths and started to vomit all over the booth and they so they called 911 and hauled him away but nobody had seen that we had come in with each other so they um nobody knew that i was in the bathroom so
1: wow. a couple
0: hours later uh, my
1: hours f-
0: hours later my phone was ringing uh, in the bathroom, and one of the customers kept trying to get in the bathroom. So he finally went to the manager and said, "Hey, I think somebody may be in trouble in there. They've been there a long time, and the phone keeps ringing. Nobody's answering it." So the manager went over there, unlocked the door, and there's a dead guy on the floor. Oh my god! No breathing. I was purple. Like my neck was really swollen, wide. Um, it it was just gross, really gross to behold. And from my perspective at that point. I was watching it, but I was watching it from outside myself. Um, What it felt like to me was that I was sitting in uh, like an auditorium or a theater, sitting in like a comfortable seat, watching on the screen this show of Mm. this dead guy on the floor, but from the view of above. So even though I was watching it, you know, in a comfortable chair, kind of leaning back, what I was watching was from the point of view from above and seeing this dead body on the ground, seeing the manager freak out. He called 911. They get uh, a medic there uh, or a team of medics. They, they do some, you know, some chest compressions for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they had uh, documented the body as 79 degrees at that point. So they knew um, I was dead. Yeah. Wow. So they did pronounce me dead. They they um called a police officer because they had to get some a police officer verification, that kind of thing. And um they filled out all the paperwork, put me in a body bag, strapped me down, uh put me in the back of of an ambulance, and mm-hmm. and just left me there for about another 30 or so minutes wow. until um the police officer showed up he just checked the boxes on what the guys already did he gave him the green light to go ahead and turn the body into the medical examiner um, for an autopsy so the medics they pull away from this scene of this fast food restaurant and as they do so there's a brand new medic who's sitting in the back this is like his first week being a a, an emt Mm -hmm. and he's sitting in the back seat he's got two veterans in the front seat and he I'm sitting here watching all this, and to me, it's not me. Right. To me, it's a show. I'm watching some weird show, and I keep thinking, like, why do they keep taking the camera angle, camera angle from the top? Like, that, uh, that was, like, something for me. I'm like, why would they angle from the – this doesn't make sense. Right. But I was like, I'm still here. I'm going to watch the show. Yeah. And as I'm watching, I see this light actually start to form around, uh, around the hearts of like the heart area of this new medic. And it was almost like it started to glow. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, I heard really loud um, a voice say, this one's not dead. And and I remember it was so loud that even where I was, I like went to look around. And he did the same thing, the medic. So I knew that he heard what I heard. Right. And he was looking around to see if that was maybe a joke from his... His counterparts in the front of the the ambulance but it wasn't he debated it in his mind whether he really heard that or not for a few seconds and then the glow started to expand and it Mm -hmm. went from his heart up to till the glow was going around his 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 mind as well as his heart and almost like from his waist up he started to glow and it got really uh, even louder and i heard this one's not dead Um, And that time he took he began to take action. He he didn't even hesitate for a second. He unzipped the body bag He started feeling all over the neck area under the arm then he went down to the groin area Mm -hmm. like on the inner thigh Mm -hmm. and when he pushed down he pushed down really hard and He he like connected with the bone in the thigh Uh uh, like the thigh bone Uh and when he made contact with the bone itself there was like a spark of electricity from me where I was sitting up in the theater Uh to him down there. And that was a little bit of an inkling that something odd was going on. This was not just a movie that I was watching, but that was enough for him to start taking action, like to start trying to resuscitate the body. So first thing he did is he, he did a little mini trach right here and fed a tube down and would start pumping oxygen into the lungs um, he ripped open the, the, the body bag number one and, and started clipping off the shirt and putting these, these pads on the, on the, the body so that he could shock the heart
1: uh-huh.
0: and he shocked it a first round and it made a, an alarm bell when he did that. And all of a sudden the two veteran medics started noticing what he's doing. They're like, you're going to get fired. Don't do this. This guy's dead. You got to, you have to know when someone's gone,
1: uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: And um, and it didn't even phase him. He wasn't even phased at all. So first round of shocks, nothing. Second round of shocks to the heart. Um, there was a single beat, single heartbeat, and then flatlined. And it was really faint, but uh-huh. but it was definitely a beat. And that gave him even more hope. So then he hurried and shocked a third time. And the third time, it was a steady faint beat. Wow. And uh, with that steady faint beat. The, the veteran medics in the front completely changed to they were and went into action mode themselves. Right. Um, the driver said something like there's a hospital, a block and a half over here, mm-hmm. call ahead. And so they called ahead and yeah. literally a block and a half from where my heart started, there was an emergency trauma team ready to meet the body. So, wow. so they met the body, they, they put the body on a, on a hospital gurney and as they transferred it over, I felt moving. And that was a little weird to me, but I I still didn't dawn on me that what was going on was me.
1: Really? Because
0: me was up here watching, uh. not down there. So how could that be me? Right. That'd be kind of like watching someone out on this balcony that's you. Like, yeah. That's not you. You're right yeah. here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there. Well, that was weird. Why did I feel that? Mm-hmm. And um, then they started to strap down the body. Because the body was starting to go into convulsions and there was like foam and weird stuff coming out of the mouth. Um, And I was like going into these convulsions. They strapped down the body with these like leg straps Uh first. And then they went and did the the arm straps. Well, they got both arms strapped down. And I remember feeling like I couldn't move my arms where I was sitting. So so I resisted and I'm left-handed. I resisted with my left hand and I and I I looked down and I felt my arm come up and get free and I looked down and saw that the body had just ripped the strap <gasps> and that's when it hit me that what I was watching was you? <laughs> was me
1: <gasps> and,
0: oh my and when that happened just like fear all these fear and kind of like negative thoughts came in like you idiot you've been dead this whole time you didn't even know like just just all these dark thoughts and feelings came in and it felt like in this theater where i was it felt like all these dark forces actually started to come and smother me
1: Wow! and as
0: they're getting closer and closer and i felt like my light my who i was was going to be put out
1: uh-huh.
0: as it was happening i felt this warmth all of a sudden start on my back <sighs> this is always hard for me to talk about this warmth was this like this love that you can't you can't describe but two seconds of this love can immediately eradicate the worst harm that this entire life can give you. Really? Yeah, it's so beautiful and it's it's a love that we don't get to experience here. We don't. Um, but it's a love that is the foundation of what is here. And it's that love that the universe was built on. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, people call it God's love or or universe's love or source love or creator's love. But it's the it's the building blocks of what, what has created this life. And I felt it. I, it was like a light. It like, started warming my back. And it, it kind of flooded over me. And as I did, I felt it was coming from behind me. So I turned away from this horrible scene in mm-hmm. front of me. And I turned around and I saw this man, like all dressed in white. And he had a long white beard, um, very pink skin, very blue eyes. His blue eyes felt like they could literally, like, stare through you, and like see who you were as a soul. And so, obviously, he this guy looked like the 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 typical must be God. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm <laughs> like, so are you God? <laughs> are you God? And uh, he just he just, like shook his head and laughed. He's like, no, I'm not God. And I'm like, well, then you must be Jesus, then, right? <laughs> And uh, he's like, no, I'm not Jesus. And I'm like, well, you know, who are you? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> and he he just explained that he was here to be a guide for me, and he was a helper. He was going to help me go where I wanted to go. If I wanted to go back to where I had just come, I could go back right then, uh-huh. um, or I could go with him. And it, there was no question. There was no possible way I would want to go towards that that pain and that ache and that fear that I was feeling. I told him, I just, I said, whatever you're going, I'm going with you. <laughs> I'm like, I I, go I'm with I'm done you. with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, none of that anymore. So, uh. so he said, okay, let's, uh, let's, you're going to have to come in and, and embrace my energy. And you're going to have to not just travel a distance, but you're going to have to travel with uh, three layers of yourself. You're going to have to travel with from point A to point B which is a physical distance, right? but you're also gonna have to travel with understanding. And I have to embrace or just be willing to accept the possibility of certain principles to go with him. And then additional to that, I have to raise my frequency, I have to raise my energy because where we're going is extremely high energy. And for me to get there, I have to be matched at least close to that energy to exist there or be there. And so he explained those three parts to me, and me being raised how I was in my faith, um, uh, you know, Christian, and I was like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of laughed and he's like, no, there's a lot more you're not allowed to know here. And that's, that's what he, and he explained that's why he was there to help be my guide. He was going to help guide me along the way. So he asked me a few uh, introductory principles. The first thing was um, being authentic which I thought I had been, Mm -hmm. but he showed me, he showed me myself, who I was, and showed me that there was a version of me that would be with my family. And there would be a version of me that would be with my friends. There would be a version of me that would be on movie sets, working movie sets, Mm -hmm. or TV sets, or there was a version of me, I used to build homes. There'd be a version of me on construction sites. But all these versions weren't the same person. Mm. And he showed me that being authentic would be me being the same being, personality, language, habits, the exact same, no matter where I go. Wow. And he he explained that it's really important because until we can be authentic with ourselves, we can't grow. We ourselves can't grow until we uh, authentically are who we are, number one. And then secondly, authentically love ourselves.
1: Wow, that is such a powerful concept, and and I've often wondered that because I think that's something we really struggle with we as do. humans. Because I think the adversary attacks that. It's interesting that he taught you that as the first principle that's because like, I think the adversary yeah. attacks that. Oh, you're you're not worth anything. How can you even be proud of yourself? And if you made think, so many mistakes. And if you so, think
0: about it too, one of the reasons why we put on kind of a different personality uh-huh. for different groups is out of protection. Because we figure if, we, if we're our true self, why are we hiding our true self? Because yeah. somehow we feel our true self would be not accepted Yes. or, or excluded or made fun of or something like that. Yes. So we put on this different persona for certain groups
1: right. and
0: that's not the way we were built to be. We were built to be authentic and to oh, yeah. understand who we really are. And that was essentially the, another part of one of the principles to understand that, that if you looked at all the different forms of life in the universe and you took the very 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 top that would be the humanity that's on earth today Uh and according to all the life forms that that source or god has created we are the the cream of the cream Mm. we are every one of us kings and queens Mm. of the most high god right and we don't act like it no we should
1: we it's because a lot of us Maybe we've heard that before, maybe we haven't yeah but we don't internalize it so- we d-
0: if we and that was one thing he helped me understand too he helped me see the vastness of the universe and our our human brain can't comprehend it. Uh-huh. It can't comprehend it. Mm-hmm. It's just so vast there's life everywhere in the universe throughout it's permeating the entire universe uh-huh. life. And yet here we are kings and queens suffering. <laughs> <laughs> in a, in our own dementia of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we're having hardships and such, but but we are all kings and queens in his kingdom.
1: Wow. That is powerful. What has knowing just that first principle meant to you since Absolutely you Absolutely changed
0: me. Absolutely changed me. After my experience, um I'm definitely a different person. I used to be a, a bit hot-headed and uh, especially with driving and politics and a lot of different things. And I'm still very passionate about freedom uh-huh. because it is free agency that we are here to to utilize. And it's our free agency that helps us work out our spiritual muscles. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things that I did take away from my experience is the whole reason we are here is to learn to make choices wow. and to learn um, what we're going to be what we are able to create with our choices. Because when you're right next to God in God's kingdom, anything you want is so permeated with that love of creator that it just starts forming in front of you. Wow. And it's kind of like taking a a kid to Disneyland. After living in Disneyland for a year, it's not going to be so special, Uh right? Uh So the only way to learn how special Disneyland was is take the kid out of Disneyland into the real world right Uh where you work you get a job you have a family that kind of stuff you learn to make choices so that when you get back you can appreciate that That and that's what it's all about is we are you know we're not able to use those those choice muscles very good there because we can't think we can't think selfishly there it's impossible right because that that all encompassing love is so permeating everything there that it's, it's literally impossible to have a negative thought or almost an independent thought. You can still have an independent thought, but it's surrounded by that same love Mm -hmm. because that love permeates everything. And so for us to learn how to make choices, we have to go far away from that love.
1: That makes sense.
0: And so that's, we go to the third dimension Mm -hmm. where we exist here. And some of us are able to experience fourth dimensional existence here, even fifth dimensional existence here and still be here. Um, yeah, but up there is a lot higher than five dimensions. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so fascinating. So he taught you this first principle, and I, yeah. I there's more to come, right? There
0: is. So there's just uh, now. I could,
1: know there you know, were several. Maybe you can pick a few more handfuls and what you were experiencing as well, he was I'll, teaching you. You
0: know, um, those would be the kind of the foundational principles for me. Uh-huh. Some of the biggest aspects of that. The first few. Um, but another, another thing that was kind of hard for my ego to, to accept, uh, as when I got up there, when I actually got to heaven, um, I looked around and I'm like, how come I don't see only people of my faith? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was always believing that I was going to pretty much feel like everybody at my church was going to be there. You know, right, everybody right. that I'd, I grew up and had passed away. It would be all of them. Uh, but it wasn't. Uh-huh. There was all sorts of cultures and eras and times and face. There was people there that were from our future. There was people there from our past. Really? And that was another principle that time is only the rules for the board game. But when you step away from the board game, those rules don't matter. Wow. And time is one of the rules for this board game. So when you step out of this dimension, uh-huh. this existence you can choose where you want to jump back in.
1: Really? Well, that's so, fascinating. <laughs> but all of it's
0: all of it's happening now. So so there you realize that time is what they call now, the moment of now or the moment of one. Mm-hmm. And that's all of us growing and and developing in our own special way and 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 getting a specific catered life path that we get to choose. Oh.
1: So you <sighs> went to this heaven. yes
0: so we so we approached the this place It it first started looking like a, a star that was getting brighter and brighter and brighter and what's weird is it was like almost a bluish white the star itself and then as we got closer and closer and closer i realized it wasn't a star it wasn't like a planet or a, a, a sun you know mm-hmm. burning it was actually a planet but it, you could fit a million Earths inside this planet. It's huge. So huge. So much bigger than our Earth. And as we're getting closer and closer, I realize the light is coming off of the planet, kind of the way that the moon looks to us, how it looks like it's glowing. Mm -hmm. But that place, it's not reflecting light. It's actually coming from inside. We're coming from the actual planet. And um, as we get closer and closer, I see all these like pearls they look kind of like opalescent like creamy colored pearls like all over the place floating around um this planet mm-hmm. and as we approach um it's funny because i i've been talking about it for years and finally i had somebody come up and say maybe those pearls were like the pearly gates and i'm like <laughs> oh yeah maybe they were but <laughs> i never put two and two together oh, until that person had said it that's funny. so maybe they were the pearly gates i'm not sure but as we approached i asked my guide Um, his name, he he had told me his name at that point. His name is Drake. I asked Drake, I said, Drake, what are these? And it's so cool. He he was able to do this, the entire traveling of us getting close to this place. He could take my consciousness and just put it places and then bring it right back, like instantaneous, kind of like the internet. Right. So at this point he, he asked, he, he said, uh, or I asked, you know, what's going on in here? And, And he's like, well, I'll show you. So he puts my consciousness inside one of these pearls. And I see that there's like spirits all over in there, a lot of spirits. Mm -hmm. And they're all angry and yelling and screaming, like profanities. And they're all yelling at each other, but they don't see each other. And so then I asked a second level, like, who are they yelling at? I can tell they're not yelling at each other because they're kind of yelling out into open space. Mm -hmm. And he helped me understand what this one gentleman he let me see what he was seeing. And he he showed me that this old man was yelling at his son and was like cussing him out for a betrayal. He felt betrayed almost to death, mm-hmm. like of this betrayal of his son. And And then across from this old gentleman, there was a lady, and she in turn was yelling at her daughter, which is kind of odd.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But both kind of the same energy, though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It felt like betrayal energy. And I think that's what this pearl was. Mm. It was a pearl of betrayal energy. Mm -hmm. All these spirits were in there. And here's what it was. I was explained by Drake that this was kind of like a, a decompression spa of sorts for certain spirits to cleanse themselves of negative energy. Once they were able to do that, then they were in a place where they could get help to be raised their frequency and, and go where we were going. And as I I was that was explained to me, the old man kind of like took a deep breath and and stopped yelling. And then out of nowhere, he he kind of realized, whoa, where am I? Mm. He started to look around and and within a millisecond, these these angels came from outside the pearl into next to him, and then then he was gone. Mm. And so they took him on his journey where he was going to go. And, and so these these pearls or this pearly gate is, is not necessarily a gate keeping people out. It's a gate getting you conditioned and ready for what's on the other side,
1: mm. which
0: is heaven, which is this planet. It's huge.
1: So I guess one of the lessons learned is you can only progress as fast as you're willing. As you're to willing, progress. yeah.
0: But the whole system, even those pearls themselves are built out of that love. And it was really cool because the second that that old man had realized that he was done cleansing himself that energy that love was right there and they were able to take him and it was cool because he was from probably like early 1900s late 1800s uh-huh. and you know me being the guy who came from the third dimension <laughs> i'm thinking time linearly
1: right like you've been wow, in there for you've ever. been in there a long
0: time <laughs> like you've been there at least almost 100 years maybe maybe 150 <laughs> and um and then Drake would just smile at those thoughts because he would he would understand you didn't there you don't use words because you don't have a the the low third dimensional body you have a high dimensional body which is your spirit body which is actually a body, um, so you don't have to use your mouth to communicate. You just think. You just think it, and they think it. And you just understand stuff. Yeah. It's it's kind of the way that computers uh, assimilate or compute. Uh, with each other network here Uh and it's that love it's that same love that's running all of it that it's just instantaneous the second you even think a question the answer is coming already wow so yeah no miscommunication in the afterlife (laughs) it's kind of good to know (laughs) unfortunately we can't claim we didn't hear you
1: We're gonna take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have Vinny tell us a little bit more about what heaven was like. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tamara K. Anderson and I want to share something special with you. When our son Nathan was diagnosed with autism, I felt like the life we had expected for him was ripped away and with it, my own heart shattered as well. It's very common for families to feel anger pain, confusion, and anxiety when a child is diagnosed. This is where my book, Normal For Me, comes into play. It shares my story of learning to replace my pain with acceptance, peace, joy, and hope. Normal For Me has helped change many lives and I'd like to give this book to as many families as possible. we put together something I think is really special. My friends and listeners can order copies of my book at a significantly discounted price, and we will send them to families who have just had a child diagnosed with autism or another special needs diagnosis. We will put your name inside the cover so they will know someone out there loves them and wants to help. I will also sign each copy. You can order as little as one or as many as hundreds to be shared with others. So go to my website, TamaraKAnderson.com, and visit the store section for more information and to place your order. You can bless the lives of many families by sending them hope, love, and peace. Check it out today at TamaraKAnderson.com and help me spread hope to the world. And we're back. I've been talking to Vinny Todd about his near-death experience, and we've just gone through and learned how he died and what happened after that and how he's been journeying towards heaven. And he just found out what the pearly gates are. And now we're going to pick up the story.
0: It was really cool. So after my experience with the pearly gate, he pulls me back, and uh, and we're still on our trajectory towards this planet. And, again, I'm in awe of just the light coming off of it. And I can even sense that there's no way a, a physical human eye could could even be near this. It's too much too energy. Too bright. Too bright, too much energy. It's brighter than our sun. Way brighter than our sun. Wow. And, but it's not a burning light. It's not fusion. It's not what we see on our sun. And so... Uh, we come and we get closer and closer and closer and I start realizing that this bright blue is starting to green up as we get closer and closer and blue up in like ocean areas and river areas and mountain areas. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. And the colors there, I mean, you know, if you, if you break down the, the actual color gamut of what we have in our real world, um, you can pixelize it to, to about a million pixels in actual color differential that you can find in, in the world in the third dimension.
1: Right.
0: Nice. And I can easily guesstimate there's a 100 million colors over there. Really? And yeah, there's just so much more. Every color has a 1,000 different versions. And the colors there actually have energy. They have voice. They have smell. They have taste. Wow. Um, even to even touch down on the grass where we actually touch down um, even touching the grass with my feet I felt that love I felt like I plugged into that love and I you know if if you could cry there it would be like crying I just started to like liquefy almost mm-hmm. like who I was because like that love was so strong and I didn't feel I deserved it I didn't um and that these silly blades of grass were so beautiful like to even describe, in human words, is impossible, mm-hmm. but the best way I can describe it is is sweet, loving music. Um, the smell like the best smell I'd ever smelled in my life. Wow. And that was just the blades of grass. Wow. <laughs> and there's wow. flowers, there was trees, there was a stream. I got to experience all of that, and, um, and I got to see this building, this huge building, and it was built out of white marble, like white opalescent marble. And the entire building was one block of marble. And the way it was built is out of loving consciousness. Our, our source, our creator asked this building to exist. And the building formed itself wow. out of that love. And what was really neat is there was no doors in any of the rooms, but yet when people wanted to go from room to room, they would come and lovingly ask to go from one room to the other and an opening would just form they'd go through and then the opening would seal itself back up. Wow. And this this place was like a university of sorts of beyond time because there's people from our future, from our present, from our past, from our ancient past which oddly looks very much like our future. Um but all of these beings are there learning from each other. Really? And and they're learning in uh, in a way that is not um polluted with politics or with money or business or corporations. Mm -hmm. This learning that they do there is completely unadulterated and it's true knowledge. And, and so our yearning for learning gets to continue. So we get to learn more if we want to.
1: No, I like that concept because I am a true learner. If I want to learn how to podcast, I learn how to podcast. (laughs) You know I mean? I, I just, I have this thirst inside of me that, that doesn't seem to get satiated. Like I always want to keep learning. And I think it drives my husband crazy that I take so many online classes or whatever. I'm like, I'm always curious. I want to learn more. And so I'm glad to, I'm glad to. Me too. And you know, what's funny is
0: I like to learn before I died, but since I died, I have this weird knack for remembering things. The oddest, weird, most random things. I just remember them. Mm. Data, physics, um, math, like, just numbers, sequences, patterns, just so many things that are are so different now since I died. And I pick up on patterns everywhere, everywhere. And we have no idea that 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 loving force that runs that existence or the whole universe is very present here, but you almost have to be that like super aware person to pick up on these patterns and these frequencies, mm. these especially numerical patterns, it's a it's a way that God really likes to send messages to us. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I really resonate with the the number eleven, eleven, and and to me that connects to me as my God number um, because it's all arrows pointing to Him, oh. and and also it's the the first number, it's the it's the beginning, and and uh, and the way my mind understands it god exists at the 11th level of the 11th dimension mm. and i got to touch down at the first level of the 11th dimension in heaven mm. and that's what heaven is is the 11th dimension and that also helps us understand where we are We're, being in a third dimensional existence here we have quite a bit of raising our own frequency to be able to get to where his loving frequency is mm. yeah
1: now when you talk about frequencies here. Um, Is it like, see, one of the things I'm fascinated with is the concept of light and you know we see that battle in books in movies yeah. you know the battle between light and darkness is is frequency like light or how would
0: you describe so frequency? here's the best way i've been able to describe it and and again this is trying to use words to to explain things that there's no words to explain right yeah but i'm <laughs> sorry i've i <I've laughs> you know in my past i was an avid studier of the bible and uh-huh. and, and of scripture and when you study jacob's ladder um, Jacob's ladder essentially, uh, or X essentially is, um, the frequency scale uh-huh. at the top of Jacob's ladder is God, our creator. And at the bottom is, is the opposite of God, the anticipate of God. Uh, some might call, uh, call the opposite of God, Satan, right. Or, or devil or whatever. Uh-huh. But here's the funny thing. If God created his Jacob's ladder, he created the bottom and the top, mm. And so God knew that for us to grow, we, we had to get distance from him. The same way that in this world, sometimes our kids can't grow up till they get a little distance from us. Just mm-hmm. a fact. Mm-hmm. And now, does not need to be that big that we could move from God? No. But uh, it's the same principle. And mm-hmm. for us to grow, we have to get some distance. So we have to sink down Jacob's ladder. But what's really neat, though, is our daily choices. Every single choice we make from the air we breathe where we live what we choose to eat or consume whether it's with our mouth our eyes or our ears because we consume with all three yes um those choices will either raise us up the scale or push us down the scale and if we're not sure if they if it's raising us or lowering us it's lowering us there's no question wow. so if we're like no oh, this de- this decision just has me treading water no it's sinking you period Mm. you're either raising your frequency or you're lowering your frequency and if you want to learn how to raise your frequency come from the perspective of love period Mm. love those around you love your enemies love those who cut you off and see it for what it is when someone cuts me off before i died I used to give them a special finger and sometimes like (laughs) wave it at them and see if they'd pull over and I could cuss them out or whatever. And now when, uh, you know, since I died, someone cuts me off. I I literally, am like, look at me there. That's me right over there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it is, we're all, we're all different fingers on one hand. Mm -hmm. And for one of us to hurt another, we're only hurting ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can't hurt someone else. And it's so funny in this life because Everyone has this thing where I can't forgive this. I can't forgive that. And somehow we think that gets to the other person. Um, And it's kind of like drinking poison and hoping someone else gets sick. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: when we hurt someone, when we do anything, when we don't forgive someone, we're only drinking poison. It only hurts us. Wow. And and existentially, it's going to hurt them too because we're all one together. But it hurts us first and more than anyone. Wow.
1: That is a huge, huge takeaway. I love that that you see this connection between all of us.
0: We're all connected, yeah.
1: So is that one of the things that you learned is that we're all yes. connected yes. as,
0: so we're as, as all, children
1: we're, of God or is that there so a better term We're a, term for we're a it?
0: quilt work. A quilt of God. Ah. And for one thread to be angry at another is to still damage the quilt. <sighs>
1: I love that because we're all part of the same master. We are.
0: We are. And to try to discredit one, one thread because it's in the middle, it's not seen is to discredit the whole thing. Mm. It's we all play our sacred divine part. Every single one of us. Wow. Even the ones that think they're not making a difference in this world, going around and being a loving person, you are broadcasting that love frequency. You are changing the world period Wow. you don't have to go build towers and bridges and or be a politician or, or you don't have to go do these grandiose things to change the world you can change it by just being a loving person period
1: wow and that starts by changing yourself you
0: gotta love yourself before you can love anyone else wow. you can never truly love anyone outside you until you love what's inside first
1: wow
0: because love is a mirror
1: a mirror. <laughs> that's an interesting thought. I so
0: every t- I do, I help people um, that have kind of life obstacles and such. And I run into a lot of people that are having marital problems. The Number one thing I hear with people with marital problems is they just don't make me happy. And, and then I go, you're unhappy. And you think somewhere you're going to find someone else that's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. The only answer to that unhappiness or hunger is you, you have to make you happy first before you could ever feel someone else make you happy.
1: That's true, that's that's very, very And it starts
0: with love, you gotta love yourself, you gotta love yourself first. Wow,
1: that is is such a powerful concept. Now, um, why don't you bring us back around to when you came back?
0: Right as I was noticing the building and I'd been through the experience of like all the grass and trees and flowers and, and river and water, Um, my guy, Drake came to me and he got really close to me and he gave me, um, this heart hug and it's kind of what we're emulating when we hug each other here. Mm -hmm. But what we do in that, in that form is literally our cores, our centers come together and become one for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we just get so full of, of this love Mm -hmm. of, of our creator Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. And when he when he got done, he pulled away and said "Um, This is going to be really hard. I promise you it's going to be worth it though And as he said that I instantly started hearing in my ear a blessing being given to my body back on earth Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I I was hearing it as loud as if it was in my own ear, so I was hearing it through my own body and so uh, I obviously was being strung back to my body and And, um, by the time I heard amen to this blessing that was being given to my body, to this special prayer being given to my body, I was, I felt like I was instantly back. Wow. And what, what had happened was my brother, um, now fast forward, I'd been in the hospital now for, for a little over three days and I'd been brain brain dead for those three days. My brother had come in and given me this special prayer blessing over me Mm -hmm. that third night and Um, and as he said, amen, he had said that about 10, 10, 15 PM. I woke up at 1 AM to me. It was instantaneous, but it took, must've taken that time of him saying amen for me actually travel that vast distance to to get back. Yeah. I woke up, I was fine, completely fine. I pulled, I pulled hoses off of me. I had hoses all over my mouth. And and diodes and and a calf, cath- like all these things. I yanked them all off. All <laughs> I'm of sure them.
1: your doctors and nurses were like, ah.
0: They So I yanked them all off and then I just stood there. I felt very ex- extremely claustrophobic because our spirit self, who we really are, is much larger than who we exist in this physical body. Really? We're vastly larger. And so coming back into that physical body was very constraining to me and it kind of felt like you know going to Disneyland and then then being put handcuffs on and squished into a little box and locked oh. that's what it felt like and so i instantly like woke up claustrophobic and i still struggle a little bit with that um because i i got to play outside the body for a while <laughs> <laughs> and and i there's that another reason why um you know we have to come into baby bodies so that we because if they could talk right off the bat, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing stuffing me in this little body? I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it took, it took a few seconds. I just stood there. And I stood there just taking in, just breathing, and and realized that I was standing there naked. Oh, <laughs> and I'm gosh. I'm like, oh, I better grab some clothes. So <laughs> I went rifling through the cupboards and found, like, a stack of these gowns. And I wrapped, like, three of them <laughs> around my middle section, and I bolted. Did you was, really? You're like I, I was, am out of here. I was leaving, and this, this is a, you know again is like one in the morning, oh and gosh. I think there's two nurses on the entire floor that I'm on, and because there wasn't a lot of critical care in that hospital. In fact, there was a brand new hospital. It was, I think there was maybe three or four rooms with with patients in them. So I went running down towards where I could see there was an elevator. <laughs> And so I'm all bolting down there. I get to the elevator and I hit the down button and I hear a a scream, like a squeal so loud. And I looked down and the nurse had run in my room and saw like all my stuff was pulled (laughs) off. Even my gown was on the ground, which the gown had blood and stuff on it. And like, and she just squealed, like screamed. And then she came out of the, out of the room and the other nurse met her and she was like, he's gone and then they both it was, it was so weird they both somehow knew I was right there at the elevator because they both were like <laughs> and they, as they both saw me and I'm sitting there holding like the, these gowns they both screamed
1: oh and then I'm like gosh. oh
0: man I'm toast I gotta go back <laughs> so they they made me go back to my room and put on a gown and, and hook up some more diodes but every time as soon as they leave the room I just pull them off I couldn't have them touching me I, it, it hurt to even have the gown touching me. It really did. Really, like it, it just it. I felt so claustrophobic. Yeah, wow. but it was funny. Um, they had, they had to call a security guard, and he. <laughs> He came and like stood by my room and I told him I wanted to go home. They're like, you can't, you were dead and, or you were brain dead. And I'm like, well, I'm fine now. So they're like, no, it's a fluke. You're going to go back under. They they, they <laughs> were trying they're trying to tell me that, that I was going to go back unconscious again, that sometimes brain dead people come out for a few minutes and then they go back and then they die. So that's what they thought was happening that. That that I was just going to fall over dead and and they were going to be in trouble or something. So I hung out and I said, what paperwork do I got to sign? Give me whatever I need. (laughs) And they called in a neurologist. They called in a cardiologist. They called in uh, about four or five specialties. And I had to get waivers signed by the doctors and myself saying I wouldn't sue anybody oh my and I checked goodness. myself out and, and, but they wouldn't let me leave till about 6am. So by 6am, they finally gave me the green light and I had to sign like a phone book full of paperwork. <laughs> and so I signed it all and, uh, called my dad and said, Hey dad, I'm alive. Can you come pick me up? <laughs> and he's like, and this was his answer. Okay. <laughs> like, like I'm glad you weren't worried, dad. <laughs> so he came and picked me up and, and, uh, and took me back home and I just went jogging and just,
1: Wow. I, I felt
0: like jogging was the only thing I could do to like, like feed that desire to get out of my body. It felt so conflicting to be even be back in a body. Yeah. But what was weird though, is when I first woke up, I actually didn't remember my whole experience yet. Really? I just was like picking back up where I left off. Oh. I didn't even remember dying. I didn't even remember. Really? I didn't even remember going to the, the restaurant or any of that. I kept asking like what happened to me and you know, when I was signing the paperwork yeah. and every medical person had a different story and I'm like, this uh, isn't, I don't think any of these it's things. It's yeah. So, um, it was two days later. So well, actually the next day I went to work and, and, uh, back then I was working construction. So I went back to work yeah. building houses and I was just back to normal and, uh, met up with my sister and her family a couple nights later. And she was the one who brought it out of me. She came up to me, and she's like, you were dead. You know that, right? And, and I'm, I'm like, well, that's what they say. And she, she's like, did you have an experience? Did you see anything? And I, I wanted to say no. Uh-huh. But no didn't come out of my mouth. All of a sudden, my whole experience started coming out of my mouth. And it felt like someone, like, hijacked my body. Really? And I'm like, what the? <laughs> I'm not saying this. <laughs> and then as the and as the sentences started to form, it like downloaded into me or or didn't download into me as like the cover that was covering it up came off. Mm. And all of a sudden I was like, "Oh my gosh, I remember. I did die. I saw my body." <laughs> <laughs> and so I I kind of gave her the short version, but the hard part for me at that point is that love was still so real to me. To even think about it, I would just bawl.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm not a public crying guy ever, right. right? Yeah. Like even around people who are really close to me never saw me cry ever. Right. But with this, I even to think about it, I would just bawl like a little baby. And so I, I wouldn't talk about it with people for for quite a while. And and I was extremely suicidal. Extremely suicidal. Really? I wanted to go back. Wow. And I, I kept hearing spirits tell me things. And I thought I was crazy at the same time. So I was trying to figure all this out. This was a new version of me, and it was very different than the version before. And so I was trying to figure all this out and uh, had a, a, a run-in with a cop even. And he arrested me for, for a ticket that, that never got sent to me. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and all this is happening. and But God kept sending me messages. In fact, the very money to to bail me out for that stupid unpaid ticket was the exact amount my brother had on him wow. at like midnight one night, you know. And so that added to my experience of, you know, God's still looking out and I need to be aware of that mm-hmm. and to stop trying to want to go home right. and just let it happen on its own time. And once I, I finally accepted that, I actually started to receive messages in spirit that something really good was about to happen. And, but I needed to take immediate actions to start living a different life than i did before my experience and so i did i i went through my phone and deleted contacts of, of people or blocked contacts of of my past that i didn't want to have contact with anymore and and i only left in contacts where i felt like i could make a positive dis- difference or they could make a positive difference on me so um, i went forward with that and literally four days later i met my wife mm-hmm. and uh and we knew instantly we were going to get married um, before you we even went on a date. And it was... What? Yeah, and it was... It was. Did she
1: know too or just we you? We
0: both knew. We both knew, wow, yeah. That's we hadn't even been on a date yet and and we were driving up, this is the Provo Canyon,
1: uh-huh.
0: and going to my family's cabin up there. And we go past what's called Bridalville Falls there.
1: Uh-huh.
0: As we were going past, um, we were both silent and that wasn't like us because when we would hang out, we were just chattering, just talking, both of us. We yeah. love talking to each other. And I asked her, I, or I didn't ask her, I asked my, I have spirit guides. So since I died, I have spirit guides. All of us do, but I talk to mine. And so I asked Can my, you see them? Yeah. Can, really? Yeah. More than one? Oh yeah, all of us have more than one. Wow,
1: that's cool.
0: So I have spirit guides and 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 I, as we were driving past Bridalville, one of them said, ask her what she prayed about last night. And, and so I, I, I'm all silent. And I kind of look out of my side of my eye. I'm all, so did you pray about anything interesting lately? <laughs> <laughs> and she, and she goes, why? <laughs> she gets really defensive. Like, why did you? And I'm like, yeah. And, uh, and I go, this is going to sound crazy, but my guys were saying it was okay to say uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. They said, you know, go ahead and tell her. Cause I had prayed. I'd asked why did I feel this connection with her? And I, they weren't giving me any answers. So I asked, is it because we're supposed to get married? And it was like instantly, yes. Wow. And so I'm like, I don't even know her. I just barely <laughs> met her. And uh-huh. we haven't even been on one date. <laughs> <laughs> and so as we're driving up, I go, uh, I said, well, I, I prayed for, I, I think I said, I prayed about something really special or important. And, uh, and I got an answer. And I go, D- what about you? She's like, yeah. (laughs) And and I go, what was your answer? She's like, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, me too. Then she asked me, she's like, what was it you were praying about? She wanted to hear it. She wanted you to say it first. I'm like, that we're supposed to get married? She's like, oh, me too. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) And kind of had to just get that out from the beginning. and, And it was really neat, though. A few months later. You know, in August we ended up getting married. In that month of July before we got married, we went up to Wyoming to a family reunion. And that wasn't my thing. That wasn't my scene. Uh-huh. But it was a scene she would go into. Plus, it was a new, it was a scene I was supposed to embrace. You know, I was supposed to embrace the family scene and the family idea of reunions and stuff like that. Yeah. And again, it wasn't my thing though. Yeah. Um. So we go to this reunion, and and someone comes up to us and says, "Hey." come to the high school tonight. They're going to do like this play and this presentation at the football field showing the history of the town of this little town in Wyoming called Afton, Wyoming. She's like, that'd be really neat. I'm like, no, that's going to be dumb. (laughs) She's like, no, we're going. I'm like, okay. So we go and uh, we're sitting there watching this play. They're doing dances. They're showing the history of the town, who the founders were and such. And then they, they have this big movie screen that's out in the middle of the field and they're showing like slides and pictures of Of pioneers and different people that helped found the town up there yeah and up comes this picture this old man with a long white beard and his even though it was like a black and white picture you could see his eyes were blue and they were like piercing you and i froze i froze i like my energy completely changed so much that andrea you know my fiance at the time looked at me and said that's the guy that's your guide And, uh, and it was,
1: and it was cool.
0: Um, the picture had, it said, uh, said Charles D. Kazare on the picture. Uh Come to find out the D meant for Drake. Oh my. And Drake was my guide. And so, so I was just flabbergasted and I knew that my grandmother was a Kazare. And so I'm like, I wonder if there's a connection. She grew up in Wyoming. He was one of the he was one of the first clergy of the town. Wow. And so, um, so I went, we went and asked my grandmother, and, and uh, you know, it was a, a few days later, I think that when we were asking her, and she said, Oh, yeah, Grandpa Drake. Great Grandpa Drake is what she, she called him. And it turns out it was her great grandfather, which would have been my great, great grandfather. Wow. Um, or triple great, 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 great grandfather. And, um, and she, the way she described him uh-huh. was he had these blue eyes that could look through your soul. And, and you're and, like, and I, like know. I know. I <laughs> know. I know him personally. And I'm like, and he's standing right here. No, <laughs> was he? <laughs> he was. Oh, <laughs> my <word. laughs> and, and it was just really cool because he was, he was kind of showing me like, see, there's this love all around you. Like... Cause even at that point, all these good things are happening to me. I still am thinking, You're crazy. I tell people my story and they're like, You're crazy. And I'm like, Yeah, you're right. I am <laughs> And then I hear I hear and speak to spirit and I think, You're crazy. That's not something people do. And um, But is and that then, being authentic? Exactly. Going back to principle exactly one, it yeah. wasn't. And so God sent me this little like nugget to find out that my guide was a real person here on earth. And, um, you know, fast forward, I get married, I'm still a builder at this time. And I, I end up going up to Alaska for a couple, uh, big custom homes I had to build up there. And, uh, as soon as we get done, all my projects are finished and I have no more projects for like a month and family comes to me and says, Hey, your grandmother who I had just talked to, you know, uh-huh. a few months earlier is her health is failing and she needs somebody to come take care of her. And so without even skipping a beat, we volunteered and we moved to Wyoming to, to go take care of her. And while we were there, my wife was able to go through a lot of the um, documents and stuff for my grandma. And one of those documents was a prayer, a special prayer given in, in my faith. Um, people call it a, a blessing, a patriarchal blessing. Uh-huh. And it was the one that was given to him, to Drake. Really? And it was really neat, it like the blessing and it might it might not have been the official patriarchal blessing but it was like that it was a long uh three page blessing a two and a half page blessing and it was all written down and when you read the first two paragraphs they talked about his life in the physical realm and then almost an entire two pages was all about his work on the other side as wow. a guide at transport someone who assists in helping those transfer from the physical realm to the other side. Really? Yeah. So there was like a third nugget to that gift of understanding that I couldn't have made that up. There's no possible way in my... Because my ego is still saying, you're crazy, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. This, this must have been, you know, I'm, I'm very scientifically minded. Uh-huh. So my brain kept trying to say, no, this is just your mind trying to fill in the blank spaces. But here's the thing, after so many signs, of things being dead on 100% true, um, you realize you have to give up on that whole ego of this is your brain making up things, this is real. Right. And um, and so you have to go with that, I, and so I have. And some people still to this day like, no, he's Vinny, he's crazy, you know, <laughs> stay away from him. He'll tell you things he's not supposed to know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there are people out there who are probably super curious um, I know. First of all, you've written a book, and yes. it, it'll be coming out sometime in the next.
0: Who we knows, we <laughs> hope in the next six months-ish. We hope.
1: But why don't you tell us a little bit about where people can find you, so that they can? Oh, I like what Vinny said. Yeah. I resonate with it. Um, how can people find so you the, and find the out more about you?
0: Best places. I'm. I'm uh, doing a website called Living God's Light. And eventually I'll, I'll be branching off and doing a Facebook page out of it, Instagram out of it, that kind of thing. Um, I really am going to take it on as kind of a campaign of light that I want to be that light for who those who need it. Mm-hmm. And it's not for everybody. It's yeah. definitely not digestible for everybody. And I understand that. I, I of all people, understand that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that even my message is not for everybody. But it is for a lot of us. And And if I wasn't someone who went through this, Like when I go back to who I was before my experience, I needed this. I needed this understanding. And I'm so grateful that I was able to receive it and and come back. At the same time, I really look forward to one day when I get to go back there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something at all that I fear. And um, I embrace it and I'm not trying to bring it on me in any way. but, But I really am excited for one day when I get to go back.
1: That's cool. So I, lo- I love that. That's a good takeaway too. Is that we shouldn't fear death.
0: Not at all. Oh my gosh, it's like fearing Disney World or Disneyland. <laughs> like, why? Well,
1: there are some people there is. like my husband who does not like Disneyland or Disney World.
0: Well, if there is no Sadly one, if, to me because no I people. like Disneyland and Disney World, but
1: yeah. but um, but yeah, it's not something to be feared. And what would you say to people who are perhaps grieving the loss of a loved one?
0: So the number one thing I like to tell people is number one, that they're, they're totally fine. Number one. And number two is that, you know, this life continues. In fact, this is the pit stop. Life went long before this and life continues long after this. This is the pit stop. This is the going and getting gas, right? Mm. And that's what we're doing here. We're just, this is just a short pit stop for our, our eternal existence and Um, before you know it, you know, time will come where you can be back with that loved one. You don't want to rush things. You don't want to go in the wrong way. You want to go the way that God plans it for you, but you need to embrace the the love and the energy of who your loved one is. And if you really embrace them and think of them a lot in a good way, not a hurting, sorrowful, I'm lonely way, but in a good, I love you. I miss you. And I I remember these amazing things about our, our existence together. In that way we can actually bring forth a strong connection with them so that we can get our own signs and our own omens from the spirit side um, sometimes in numbers sometimes mm-hmm. in the 333 mm-hmm. sometimes in the 11 the, uh, mm-hmm. you know 1111 11. sometimes um, we can ask, we can be specific and and if some, our loved one loved birds we can say I want to see um, a cardinal feather or I want to see a blue jay feather you know mm-hmm. something like that. Or a turkey feather. We have all three out here. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> but um, but I'll you know you can see you can ask for specific signs, and when you find them uh, and see them, snap a picture of it, and really feel gratitude and, and love in your heart um, for God's universe to compile enough love to make that sign come forward, and those signs do come. Yeah. And once you get through the healing, because it does take some time, one, with some time. Your heart will start to heal, and as it does start to heal, it, it'll never be the same. Um, but you'll you'll still be able to heal, mm-hmm. and as you start to heal, you'll be able to connect with that loved one through through their voice in your mind. Wow! And you even to a point where some people can actually hear their loved one talking to them yeah. as they're doing stuff.
1: I've noticed some people have that gift.
0: They do. All yeah. of us do. We're all radios, just some of us turn on and some of us tune in. Uh-huh. And some of us turn on and just randomly get stuff here and there, some of us learn how to tune in and you know, turn on and tune in. But all of us are antenna or radios, all of us. We can send and receive though.
1: Wow. What have you found that helps you tune in better to hear, I guess, I, I want to say God speaking to you because yeah. I've, I've had I had another podcast get, guest call it uh, the God voice in The her. God voice, yeah. Yeah, and I really liked that phrase. Um, what, what do you do to help you tune in? Because maybe it's something we can So apply. if I
0: did everything I knew, my, <laughs> my spirit voice or God voice would be much stronger. I, I call it my guides. My guides would be much stronger than they are. Um, but going to sacred places helps a lot. And like we were talking this morning, the, the most sacred place that any of us can go is in our temple, in, in our between our two temples. And we need to go there regularly and meditate and we need to start building that relationship with the divine. If that relationship starts with just setting up a regular time where you're just going to sit quietly, eventually um, the energy will start to flow and it will start to come. Um, and, and it's really important for us to seek higher frequency because we can always ask lower frequency the same questions as we ask higher frequency Mm. and a lot of times we get the same answers but the version of answer we get from lower frequency will lead us on the wrong path always and so it's really important that we do seek higher frequency um, because it's it's kind of like um you know guideposts where people can be up on a guidepost the higher you can get the better you can see Mm. and so the, the higher the frequency the better the answer and when a, an answer comes to me, like from my side direction energetically, I don't trust it fully. I'll listen, but I don't mm-hmm. trust it. I wait till it comes from above mm-hmm. or or higher frequency. And um, one of the things that helps me the most is to number one stay really hydrated. Mm-hmm. I drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I drink a lot of sodas too, but I shouldn't drink any <laughs> sodas. <laughs> Soda turns off spirit. Water turns it on. So for oh, every, so- really? oh yeah, for every. For every uh soda I drink, I gotta drink two or three waters to counteract it. But, wow. But so uh,
1: so it does matter what you put oh, into the Oh definitely, reasonable. yeah. That is so cool. Before we close, have there been any Bible verses that have become meaningful to you since your near-death experience?
0: I have two favorite scriptures. So um and one of them I had before my experience, and the other I've I've picked up since. Let's see here. So, um, this is the one that I picked up since this is uh, Colossians or, or Colossians, whatever Colossians 314 and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And that's, that's one that when you go to the Hebrew version, it, the Hebrew version essentially could be translated as love is the most important thing to put first on top of everything. And it is the force or the power of unity between all life. Mm-hmm. And that's was essentially what I learned through mm-hmm. my experience. And then, yeah. then of course, um, John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on, on the love of God, the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And, and it's kind of essentially the same, same principle that, that the universe, is love, mm-hmm. the universe is God, and it's all permeated with that that loving force that was created for us to to guide us, and create us, and shape us. and But in a way that we choose that shaping, we choose that that growth. And if we choose not to grow, we don't have to grow. Right, you know, we it's, have a, it's the all agency. up to us. It is.
1: And God takes us where we are, yeah. and...
0: We're driving our own ship, yeah. <laughs>
1: That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. I'll be sure to link Vinny's um website livinggodslight.com in the show notes if you want to check that out and it'll keep you apprised of of his book yeah. that's coming out As of his whole out, experience. Yeah. There's a whole lot more in there that we didn't even get to cover. Yeah. So so we're just we're just doing a little scratch here and and I'm just thankful Vinny was willing to share his story with us and if anything take from this that you are loved and that god loves you and choose to love yourself because that's really really
0: important and truly if you love god you're gonna love you Mm -hmm. because you are a creation of god
1: hey thanks so much for listening to today's show if you like what you heard subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember, God loves you.